I'm Rita Hyland, and you're listening to episode 51 of the Playing Full Out podcast. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hey there, everyone. Today, we're taking a different approach in our podcast, as we are in some different times, are we not? What a week. We are in winter, both literally and metaphorically. Now, I'm not here to opine or tell you what to do. I don't have a bullet list for you. I am only here to share what's on my mind, approaches I've used and that have worked for me and others that you may choose to take or leave when winter hits. What I'm going to share with you, I've tested at times I've fought against, but in the end, it's what works when it comes to living and loving and leading and succeeding. And it's where I go most specifically when things seem complex, answers seem non-existent, and morale's down. There is obviously so much to process after watching the political landscape and the division and the pain that has come from this past week and I would say the whole year. It's in these moments that I believe that we are called to a higher level of thinking. As we already know, we can never solve problems from the same level of thinking that caused them in the first place. That's Einstein. And it's both profound and it's simple. Long ago, I was told something that I've never forgotten. It was that truth is consistent. That concept has always fascinated me. I recall testing that theory to see if, in fact, I could debunk it. But things with strategies truly always worked. I would test things. My teachers taught me early on. I had a bit of a challenging streak in me, a challenging spirit, and I didn't like to be told what to do. I actually haven't met anybody, any spirit that does say, I'd like to be told what to do. If I couldn't debunk a strategy, it was consistent and thereby true. There were, aren't a lot of absolutes in the world. And I have found that just like politics, you can prove anything you want. It depends on the world that you want to live in. This week, the things on my mind reminded me of one of these principles. And I have not brought it up in my podcast before, but it is the alpha and it is the omega to every aspect of my work. It is what I share with each leader I meet because it makes things simple to understand. And it is truth. It is consistent in a world where nothing is ever or will be certain again. It actually never was. It just seems to be moving at a very fast pace at this point. I'm going to share with you in a minute what I'm talking about, but let me tell you how varying the things on my mind have been this week and how I once again proved this strategy true. On my mind have been things like hockey, No, I'm not a hockey mom, but I am the mother of a hockey player. There's been on my mind a newborn baby in the NICU right now, a leader of a team, a business owner who had hit the rock bottom point of his 
career, another leader who reached the pinnacle of his professional success this year, and a teacher. In every category, the successful fruition of the outcomes and of the situations these people were in was employed and change the outcome. I'll share it with you. But first, the stories. This week, I was watching my son's hockey team play another older team within his club. That's how the rules are set up at this point that you're playing intramurally as opposed to with other teams. I was watching him and my son has been on a team for years with a coach, the same coach. And what I found interesting is that no matter how many of this coach's players move on to higher level teams, somehow the coach always brings around another great team, another winning team, even when he loses a lot of great talent year after year. And I was listening to my husband talk to another parent as our boys really walloped another team that was older than them, in theory could have been stronger or more talented. And he said that the other coaches can't compete with our coach. I interrupted and I asked, why do you think that is? And my husband answered, because coach, he loves the game. He loves the boys and the boys love him. In November, a beautiful baby was born, the grandson of a very good friend of mine whose daughter I know as well. I knew and and it was known that the baby would be born with some significant complications. So he was swept from his mom's womb quickly after labor and has been incubated in a neonatal ward since that day. My friend shared this week that after his latest surgery, she asked her daughter if she planned to go home and give herself a break or a rest. The mother said, oh, no, I'm not going to to go home. I'm going to be there. I'm going to talk to him. Because the nurses have shared when he hears our voices, they've noticed that his blood pressure goes down. His body relaxes and he's calmed. Just minutes before recording this podcast, I saw a picture that for the first time since November, the mother is holding her son. I was talking to a son of parents concerned for their son for different reasons. He's a sophomore, though, and he's had difficulties of late. And they said they decided to call one of his teachers this week. She told them both, oh, I love your son. I understand him. I can't wait to write his recommendation in senior year. It's going to be okay. With that, I could see the mother telling me this story, her, the relief, the, the calm that also came over her. A man this week shared with me that he had a record-breaking year in sales with his team. I asked him to what did he think he owed that success. He said, my team's great. We have a great team. We all really care about each other, and they know I love them too. Another man, a strong and good leader of his company, hit some radical turbulence earlier this year as COVID broke out. He made a decision to take a risk on a senior new hire. It didn't work out. I recall him telling me earlier this year that he stood with two of his other team members sharing the news in a hall one day, and he started to get emotional. The weight of all that he was carrying, it caught up to him, and he was surprised when those two individuals said to him, we've got your back, we're here for you, we're going to get through this. He reported this past week that his company made up of extremely loyal employees, by no surprise, has not only stabilized but is doing quite well despite the year. The one thing that all of these things that were on my mind this week have in common that I recognized is that the simple strategy that research has shown 
which not only increases performance effectiveness, but grades and health and longevity and client retention. It's the difference between good and great leaders. It's the difference between good and bad salespeople, good and great managers, good and great coaches. That is love. Love is the killer strategy. It's the number one leadership principle to turn things around. It always has been. It always will be. And that truth is consistent. Love is the killer number one leadership strategy. And I have watched it again and again in business, in schools, in hospitals, on sports teams, in parenting. There can be a lack of talent, a lack of health, and a whole bunch of other conditions. But when you bring love, everything and anything can be turned around. The impossible becomes possible. Now, I just shared anecdotal evidence from this week's meanderings in my mind, but the research supports it as well. In education, research shows that when students have a relationship with their teacher, test scores go up. In sports, players will play harder for their coaches when their coaches love them. In business, if a client knows you love them, they will stay with you longer and rave about you to their friends and their clients. When employees have a relationship with their leader, they will not only be more engaged, they will go to bat for you when the going gets tough. Success in every category occurs when there is love, and that is demonstrated first and foremost by having relationships. Love is the great strategy. Good coaches know how to run plays. Great coaches love their team. You get what I'm saying? Good teachers teach their lesson plans. Great teachers know and love their students. Good salespeople sell their products. Great salespeople have relationships with and love their clients. Good leaders execute, but great leaders know and love their team. If you love the people you lead, you can ask them anything and they'll do it for you. If you love the team you coach, they will go the extra mile for you. I watch it all of the time. If you're a service provider and you make a mistake but have a relationship and love your client, they'll stick with you. Great leadership and success come down to giving love through relationships. It's that easy. It's that simple. Develop your love strategy. Love them. Want for them more than you want for yourself. When I work with businesses and the men and women in positions of leadership, one of the things I explain is that you are either making decisions and taking actions based in fear or you're going to do it from love. It's just one or the other. It's that simple. When you're leading from fear-based management, though, you contract and others contract. Have you noticed how that's played out in our world? When you care and bring love to the game, you and others expand. It's that simple. It's physics. It's not philosophy. Your frequency rises. Love is a higher base frequency. It's felt. If you have an agenda, that's fear. That's not love for love's sake. It's felt. The thing is, when you give from love, it's, it's never really draining. It's never hard. It might be tiring at times, but it's fulfilling. And that's different. That's the way you know it's different. Over and over again, I've discovered that the business people who are the busiest and the happiest and the most prosperous are the ones who are the most generous also with their knowledge and their expertise. 
People who love what they're doing, who love to learn new things and to meet new people and to share what and who they know with others. These are the people who wind up creating the most value and a result move companies. They move their clients, they move their friends, and they move the country forward. Yes, this is truth because it's consistent. Every time I see weak results, it's because love is not present. Every time there's a weak relationship, it's because love is not present. Every time I negotiate with angry parties, disgruntled people, I just have to bring love into it. And year-long you know, fights or arguments or disagreements, five-year-long, 10-year-long, 25-year-old disagreements can be dismantled when love is brought into the room. This really isn't new. It's not. I'm not saying something that's profound, but it is. It's new for some. Practices that a few years ago would have been considered too soft in the world and organizations and institutions are now accepted and standardized, mostly due to the science that shows us that the way individuals think and act and how it changes when they feel love. The most universal thing human beings have in common is to be loved. Give it and give it generously. If you're looking for practical ways in your business, leadership, or even in your personal relationships, I've got some things for you. I'm going to give them to you in just a minute. But here's what I want to tell you that I notice: We tend to not like simple strategies. Am I right? We like them long. We like them hard. We like them complex. We like them expensive. That's when we respect them, unfortunately. Am I right? But what if we did understand that it's really that simple, that love is the number one strategy to solve most problems? What's fascinating to me is that in every category I came up with, whether it was education, parenting, leadership, business, relationships, and politics, when love's brought to the game, and here's what it is, people, solutions that previously were not considered are found. You might be saying, how can you just bring love, a feeling of love to something? It's not a, it's not, it's, it is a feeling, it's a vibration, but that feeling elicits new and different behavior. It also elicits new and different ideas, decisions, and actions than when there is an absence of love or relationship. Unfortunately, I believe because we have been geographically separated from each other this year, our relationships have also suffered. More people are in fear than ever for a lot of different reasons, but it's also the absence of being able to have love brought to them. The problem is, is that this is a really big problem. You can feel the energy of fear everywhere, and you know that the antidote to fear is love. It's simple, right? I'm going to get practical with you in just a second because that's my jam bringing something esoteric as love and making it practical to apply to your work, your business, your sales, and anywhere else with anybody else you serve or care for right now is important to me. So if you're wondering how you can make a difference during these really challenging, contentious, changing times, or how on earth do you put into practice and make a difference, start here. Start by building your relationships. One interaction at a time. The small things matter. Do something unexpectedly nice for someone at work. Thank someone for their effort or for something they did 
whether it's small or large. Ask yourself, who's done something nice for me recently that I haven't thanked? Acknowledge someone. Here's a big one. Resist judging by asking yourself this question. Perhaps one of my favorites. How am I like that person instead of how am I different? We don't need another drop in the ocean of separation. We don't need any more difference between us. We need to look at how are they like me as opposed to how are they different from me? And that's just comes from the choice of asking a question. You immediately drop into a different frequency, into a love-based frequency instead of a fear one when you ask it. Look at how you can bring love into your leadership. How do you invest in your relationships, especially at a time when most people are working from home? What are you going to do? What is your love strategy? What actions do you take to show you truly love and care about your team or your clients? Not for marketing purposes or to build your business. No hidden agendas here. We're, we, first of all, we're not really good actors and actresses. Oh, we would be in Hollywood. People can tell when you have a hidden agenda. There was a book I read 20 years ago by Tim Sanders. I've always appreciated it for many reasons, but he who wrote it, Tim, was an executive at Yahoo at the time. His book was called Love is the Killer App. He taught people to become what he called love cats. Love the word. A nice, smart person who succeeds in business and in life by sharing your intangibles to help others achieve success. How's that done? By building relationships. How do you do that? Communicate. Listen. Show you care. Don't have a hidden agenda. It's not really hidden. When you help others grow to become their best people and their better selves, you are being loving. And as a result, you grow. I'm going to give you a few tools to move from good to great in whatever area you lead, whether you're a leader of a school, a teacher, a CEO, a coach, a parent, a business owner, a sales manager, a politician. It doesn't matter. The same thing applies and will lead to your success and fulfillment. Remember, a leader is not a leader because they have a title. A leader is a leader because they serve and love. That's what moves a leader from good to great. The first thing I can advise all of us is to check our energy and the energy that we are bringing into a room or an interaction. Notice what your energy is and name it. Is it nervous? Is it angry? Is it defensive? Is it calm? Is it happy? Is it open-hearted? Is it patient? Once you name it, you are becoming aware. And then you can decide what it is that you're bringing into the room. Even in the grocery store, am I bringing a bunch of my garbage, my fear, or am I bringing love? I, you can do things and imagine and visualize filling up a room with your love. I do it all the time. When, especially when I know that there's a heated or contentious meeting or that people are in disagreement and there's fear, I imagine the room being filled with love. It's just send out the frequency. It shifts everything. You can try it sometime yourself. Ask yourself the different question, how are we alike rather than how are we different? Understand that the thing that we all have in common is this desire to be loved and bring love to the table and do it 
before it's given to you, right? I'm not talking about loving those who make it easy. I'm talking about those who make it difficult to love them. Love them anyways. That's a test of your character, not theirs. That's how you expand you. It's like doing the personal growth bicep as like you would in a gym. I look for my ways to build my biceps all the time in terms of, of personal and growth and re- involvement. Give generously with no expectations of anything in return. Love being someone who gives for giving sake. The other truth I want you to know is that you're either contributing or contaminating. We are not neutral. We are not just sitting here maintaining. We are leading from fear or from love. Get clear on which it is and which you're bringing. I often will throw out to my even my children, are you contributing or are you contaminating? Which? Please contribute. Build up the people in this home. When your clients or your kids or your employees or your students, your organization or your boss knows you love them, they will reciprocate nine times out of 10. People are going to match your love frequency. They're going to match your energy. You know, I had a client whose husband used to drink a lot. I advised her that he does so because he hurts. And if he hurts, that's because he's afraid. I said, so instead of withholding love from him the next time you see him when he comes in like that, what if you went up and shook him and looked him in his eyes and said, I love you. When you do that, he'll feel it. He will feel it. And she did. She agreed to do it. And she did. She did it. He heard. She's since passed away. But that husband found my emails from years ago. And this year, just a couple months ago, he called me and he said he'd read the emails and that he wanted to track me down. And we talked and he cried and he said, you know what? It's true. It does. Truth is consistent and love does heal. Build your relationships, all of them. Extend yourself. What I know for sure is that fear always fails. Withholding love always fails. Fear-based management always fails. Vulnerability is power. You could see it throughout each and every one of the meanderings of my mind this week, that when people were vulnerable, it elicited truth and honesty, and that was power. Giving always makes us better. And it is always, giving is always better than getting. Love makes money. It does. Don't have to think about it. Start giving love. Love also heals. All of those things I know for sure, all of those things were represented in the stories that I spoke of today. In this great world, we get a chance to keep working on giving love, my friends. We've got a lot of work to do. If each of us, however, who's listening, gave a surge of kindness, did something in each of our relationships today to to build the interaction, to, to give love, to care for someone, and then those people went on to share because their frequency matched ours, their energy matched, and then they shared on, well, that's how we're going to actually change the country and the planet. That's how we're going to raise the frequency. Reading Matthew McConaughey's book for a little bit of levity this week, which I was doing, his, it's, his book's called Green Lights. He said, and I could almost hear his voice, cool never goes out of style. Cool never goes out of style. Love never goes out of style either. It's a good fashion statement. It looks good on you. I encourage all of us to wear it well this week in particular. 
We here at Rita Highland Coaching, we love you. I hope you feel it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.